A dog barks when his master is attacked. I would be a coward if I saw that God's truth is attacked and yet would remain silent. John Calvin. Telling a woman that she can't be an elder is a nonsense rule. If they claim to be in the body, we let them have it. Donald Trump is going to win in 2020 by an absolute landslide. Because the New Testament is utter horse It's created by a bishop and a an emperor. That's a fact. That's like established religious fact. Sawing is a blessing from God to make you rich. Jesus like a lottery ticket. The Lord spoke to my heart. Then very few times I've ever heard God be this articulate with me. And I'm telling you word for word, these words came into my heart. I'm not asking you witness to him. I'm asking you to brush his hair. That's what God commanded. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Master's Dog False Teacher of the Week, episode 64. I'm your host, Norm, the Master's Dog Dunham. So the False Teacher of the Week, <clears throat> excuse me, segment of this podcast was born out of the old introduction video. I had about a two and a half minute video montage of different false teachers set to a song called No Compromise by Result, used by permission. Thank you, Result. And... uh Somebody came to me and said, you know, I don't know who all these people are. I don't know what makes some of them false teachers, the ones that I do know. I thought they were okay. Could you break it down and let us know who these people are, what what makes them, qualifies them as a false teacher? So I decided once a week I would do just a, a side episode breaking down all those teachers in that montage. I started with Stephen Furtick, which was the question she had a specific, the guy she had a specific answer, a question about. And so, and then I systematically went through the intro video, naming all and describing, defining what made all of them false teachers. After I finished with that, I think it was like episode 39 or 40, I condensed the video, made a new beat, hopefully to be able to, at some point in time, monetize this. Uh, We'll see. Um, Facebook, or if YouTube doesn't kick me off first. But so I... Compressed that down to a a less than a minute uh, introduction video and made it a little more versatile. I can take in and put, I can put in and take out uh, different video clips and stuff like that to keep it different and going and so on. So um, that's where this podcast came from. I've continued on, uh, of course, after the first montage and still continue to to have a list. um, And you guys keep adding to that list. So Thank you for those who have subscribed already. If you don't, take a minute right now. Go ahead and that, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Excuse me, the notification button. Get all the content that I release here on the Evangelical Norm channel at uh, YouTube, um, and share the video, like the video. That makes the algorithm send it out to more and more people who might want to see something like this. So, all that being said, whew. Mouthful uh, history on the podcast. Again, we've got a lot of new subscribers. It's can it's it's slow, but it's steady. The rise in the subscribers to the channel. That's again because of you guys who already are sharing and, and liking and, and stuff like that. So keep it up. Invite people if you know that they might be interested in some of this stuff as well. So we're going to jump into it. Episode 64, our false teacher for this week is one Mr. Michael Todd. Some call him Pastor Todd. I don't know that I, I'm ready to call him a pastor um, because 
dude's a, just a false teacher. So uh, the the website I'm going to the website for their church, which is uh, Transform Church, uh, and so. This is their intro page. This is what he writes essentially about himself. Again, pastors write their own bios usually on their webpage. So pastors Michael and Natalie Todd, okay, first uh, red flag going up there, are the lead pastors of Transformation Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma since February of 2015. They were entrusted with Transformation Church from the founding pastor, Bishop Gary McIntosh. After 15 years of operation, their personal philosophy and driving passion is representing representing God to the lost and found for transformation in Christ. They aspire to reach their community, city, and world with the gospel presented in a relevant and progressive way. They've been married since 2010 and live in Tulsa with their three beautiful children. So, again, the whole issue, I went to their the rest of their, their leadership page and... There's two male pastors and four, if you count his wife, female pastors on staff there. So that gives you a little bit of something to go on initially, you know, not willing to heed what Paul says about women as pastors and so on. And it just continues to to get worse. If you look at their statement of faith page which underneath the about us, it gives the vision, the culture code, and what is concrete, which is essentially their statement of faith. And most of it seems pretty orthodox, the Bible, the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, man, you know, it's all written in here kind of in a hip way. Um, Repentance, salvation, prayer, baptism, communion, this was something that was a little interesting. Communion is a unique time when the elements of bread and juice... Bread and wine, understanding that some people use juice because of issues of conscience, alcoholic, stuff like that. It should be, at least it should be expressed as wine because that was what communion was. It wasn't juice. It wasn't water, Mormons. It's wine. Um, So that was just an interesting thing. Uh, Their fivefold ministry, this is where you get a little... Uh, it starts to get weird. I mean, fivefold ministry and what they list in here is not actually anti-biblical. The fivefold ministry positions of apostle, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers are gifts. So that's. But once you start getting stuff like the continuing on of the apostolic uh, office is an interesting. You get guys who start calling themselves apostle. That's a problem. I mean, even the fact that the dude called pastor of one church i don't know that there's a network of these churches or if it's a a part of a denomination or what but usually stuff like this is just kind of an independent church and you're the bishop of that church well what are you a bishop of i mean bishops are generally overseers of multiple churches and so on so you get these these uh what's the word i'm looking for these self-ascribed titles that some of these people get here's the kicker Health and prosperity. We believe that as part of Christ's work of salvation, it is the Father's will for believers to become whole, healthy, and successful in all areas of life. Spiritual, mental, and emotional, physical, and financial. You'll note that all the financial uh, verses are Old Testament. Why is that important? Um, Because there was more of a, a work system 
involved, I mean, with sacrificial and stuff like that. And much of many people were, were considering their works as what got them wealth and so on, you know. Solomon was blessed with with massive wealth. Abraham was blessed because of his, you know, his faith and so on. But um, the fact that it says it's the father's will for believers to become whole, healthy and successful, what you run into. And this is this is where you get heterodox. Um, I would actually say this is heresy and I'll, I'll go that far because to say that it. it it is absolutely God's will for all of these people to be this. You end up with an issue where God's will is not always uh, fulfilled because even in the apostles, they were not all whole, healthy and successful in all these areas of life. They all were martyred except for John who died poor, exiled on the Isle of Patmos Obviously, we know that Timothy and Paul had some sort of health issues. So healthy is not necessarily. We don't see anywhere where Paul or any of the other apostles boast in any any uh, magnitude of wealth. So again, this is not something that God has made expressly true. Jesus said in this life, you'll have trouble. You know, there were going to be trials, there were going to be tribulations, there were going to be those. That's the only thing that Jesus promised besides salvation. He did not promise health, wealth, prosperity. Nowhere do we see that as a promise. Actually, when we get dig deeper into, you know, revelation and stuff like that, depending on where you sit in in your eschatology, it's we see that it's actually going to become worse at some point for Christian, whether you believe that's already happened or not. Um, They're going to be beheaded for their faith. They're going to be, you know, not allowed to buy or sell. They're going to be hiding out in, in caves and in mountains and things like this. So all of this stuff is, is essentially contradictive. Does that mean that you can't be any of these things and be a Christian? Well, no, you can be healthy. I, I don't know what whole means in in their vernacular but um you can be healthy you can be successful i mean absolutely but is it a promise from god because what happens in this situation is you get um when you say that as as part of christ's work of salvation all that christ's work of salvation was was the forgiveness of sins reconciling to the father through the forgiveness of sins that's all that it was was prescribed what he did on the cross there's nowhere especially you there's nowhere where you can find that in i mean you can twist the scriptures in isaiah to make it seem like okay health is some by his stripes we are healed okay you can twist that to mean everybody gets to be healthy and and not sick and and when do people die? What do people die from? Right? I mean, obviously we see in, in his pictures, in some of his pictures, uh, I don't know if I got any of them downloaded here, but he wears glasses. Well, why are you? Why do you not have perfect 2020 vision if Christ is going to make you healthy? Right? And what it, what it stems down to is when you say that that's part of Christ's work of salvation, well, now you're saying that if you aren't these things, then your salvation is questionable. 
if you're sick, if you're not healthy, if you're not prosperous, then are you really saved? That's what, that's the connection you have to make as this is labeled in such a way as it's worded in this way. We believe that as part of Christ's work of salvation, it is the Father's will for believers to become whole, healthy, and successful in all these areas of life, spiritual, mental, physical, financial. What happens to a believer who has a, a, an absolute moment of despair and commits suicide? Were they never saved? That's what you have to draw from this. If, if a Christian who gets cancer, who becomes and gets worse and worse and worse. I mean, I've I, watched this play out in the way that people will pray and pray and pray for somebody who is sick. And then when they're not getting better, they become Job's friends and or Job's wife going, what did you do? What did you do to be guilty of this? What, why, how, how did you bring this on yourself? So this is where the heresy comes in. And this is what makes this man a false teacher. Now I've, I've had many videos sent to me and I haven't been able to watch all of them. The, I mean, again, being completely open and transparent, I never heard of this dude until about a month and a half ago when I joined the What the Furtick group on Facebook. That was the first time I was introduced to this guy. I've kind of watched a few videos here and there, mostly just kind of health and prosperity and stuff like that. Who knows how deep the rabbit hole goes? One of the things that it says about them in their vision as this church, uh, let me see if I can find it. Uh, or is it their culture code? Culture code. Um, relevant and progressive church that changes lives. So, um, what happens when you get this? Uh, uh, the picture of him with Stephen Furtick, which is um, just appropriate. What happens when you start saying you're relevant? The Bible has always been relevant. It's never gone out of relevance. But what this this is kind of code word for we turn our worship services into clown shows. We turn our worship services into rock concerts or you know whatever gospel concerts. We turn our worship services into mass entertainment. And that's what it is. It, you, you lose the preaching of the gospel. You lose the call to repentance. You lose all of these things in order to be relevant and progressive. And then again, the, the, the term progressive is, a, is a, just a, a euphemism for sliding down the slippery slope into liberalism, generally, usually. So... Again, here, here. I mean, this is what you got. This is this is the presentation that you get for Mike Todd, and um, you know maybe I might end up actually doing a part two as I get more and more into videos. Who knows what else uh, this guy has gone to? But what we have seen is enough to verifiably label him as a false teacher and to warn people to avoid him, to avoid him, to call him to repentance, Mike. Repent, believe in the gospel, change the way you think, repent, metanoia, follow after Christ, preach his gospel, quit preaching, prosperity, health, all this stuff, works, any of those things that, that kind of pay into it. Because generally when you get prosperity, you get works in the, in the uh, 
avenue of tithes. You give so much to this ministry and God is going to give so much back to you in the way of uh, health and, and prosperity. So that's what you get. And that's why I can confidently say that Mike Todd, as a false teacher, needs to repent, needs to uh, whether come back into the fold or actually join uh, Christ's flock. So thank you guys. Hopefully this was helpful. Um, again, if you have other suggestions of false teachers, I love it when you give me people to look at and I can take some time to look into them. Usually takes me about a month to really get my my hands around unless it's somebody I already know and just slip my mind so send those suggestions I'm always open for question comments and I'd remarks I'm, I'm used to getting uh, supporters of these false teachers showing up in my comments as well so you're welcome the comments are always open the only time I ever remove a comment is if you blaspheme or use a lot a lot of uh, foul language I can I can abide by a couple of F-bombs even in, in the comments. You use the Lord's name in vain, your comment is gone. So there's the, your disclaimer. Thank you guys for joining uh, today. As always, preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They're necessary. And until next time, Soli Deo Gloria.